<coughs> Alexandra Palace. Ali Pali. Ali Pali, uh, as it's known to its friends, is where we find ourselves here. Um, and I, Pete, we, you and I have just done a, an appearance on stage, haven't we? We have first appearance. We have a, is, that the f- is that our first? Um, is that our first? I think it might be. Might like be. real, like external out of... Yeah. And I'll tell you what, we got a much bigger crowd than um, this time last year when I was here with David Miller. Because they had some mountain... We're at the cycle show, by the way, I should say, for a bit of yeah, context. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they had some mountain bike sort of expert talking about mountain bike tech this time last year, just before me and David went on. And there were hundreds of people there for that. And literally they said, they said, just stay on for a minute or two because ITV's commentary team, David Miller and Ned Bolton will be on stage. And it emptied. There were about 30 super geeks left. And that That's was about it. That's planning though, isn't it? Of the event, you need to sort of it's a nice little bit. It's nice of you to say that, Pete. <laughs> perfect today, by the way. We had a great crowd. Yeah. Very interactive. Yep. Uh, Chat Stevens. Chat Stevens hosting, which is uh, he did very which well because he's just really amazing. good at it. Yeah. Yeah, he's really good at it. Yeah. I'm just going to turn your level up. Off the back of your yeah. Sicily trip. Yeah. All kind of flowed in to one another, really. Yeah. Yeah. Did I you actually forgot I was doing an appearance. Thought I was talking to you, Matt Stevens. <laughs> You made some really deep points towards the end there. I was, re- I was super impressed and interested in what you said, actually. Because oh, right. we were talking about young riders and someone asked us, where has this new generation sort of come from? Mm. And why has it sprung up? And what's the difference? And I made some sort of slightly tenuous points about Peter Sagan's career. Um, but you made a much more interesting point about, about the way we are nowadays as a society and yeah. the way that the younger generation have kind of grown... I don't know. I might be paraphrasing what your point was, but grown kind of up with the notion that they can express themselves yeah. whether it's on social media whether that they have a voice and they have an equal sort of stake in the world and that they can be who they want to be and there's no there's very little in this, this sounds like a negative but i don't mean it to be a negative there, there's not this kind of like deference necessarily inbuilt to no. what went before which and is really healthy actually it is, isn't it yeah it's it's a different sort of thing to manage yeah as a director because I mean, I, I, I love it, I think. I mean, you can't... Self-confidence is the key to, to life, basically. If, yeah. you're confi- if you have self-confidence, you're confident in what you do, you're passionate about what you do. Yeah. They're the two, for me, the two key ingredients for the recipe for success. So yeah. why would you want it to be any different? Pete, I'm sorry. You were making a really interesting and valid point, but I pressed pause because I wasn't really concentrating on uh, anything that you're saying because um, Zoe, backsta- <laughs> Zoe backstairs and Emma, and Emma, her agent, just walked in. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Hello, Zoe. Hi. <laughs> I'm Zoe, not Alison. <laughs> yeah, I realise that now. <laughs> I realise they're going to publicly shame me, but um, um, how's it going, by the way? How's, how's, how's the old season developing? How's the, how's the legs? How's the form? How's the yeah. Shape? Well, I mean, I'm in off-season right now, so form's not quite there. Yeah. Legs aren't quite there, but yeah. Um, yeah. It's going good. It's going great, you know? First season with a new team, just seeing how I fit in and... Where, I mean, where do your ambitions lie? Because you've got so many different avenues you could go down, as you've so ably demonstrated. <laughs> how hard to pick is it? Like, where, where it might end up in the next few years? And how do you even approach that decision-making process? Honestly, I don't approach it. Um, at the moment, I still see myself doing road, track, cyclocross. Um, yeah, it's just, it's how I am. Like, you know, I'm still young. I, I just want to do everything that I can while while I still can and while it's still a possibility to be able to do the three disciplines at once. Um, and yeah, just honestly going out and having fun is, is what makes it easy to be able to do the three of them. And yeah, cyclocross season is 
It's, it's amazing. I love it. Yeah. It's so great. I, I really miss it already. I mean, um, none of that makes sense to me. I don't, no. know, I don't understand why you, how you could possibly enjoy it. But, <laughs> but, but I've heard so many riders say that down the years. And, you know, they re you really mean it, don't you? Yeah. It kind of like thrills you. It's like For sure. Not many people understand it. Like, I say this all the time, but there's something about riding in a wet, muddy field in the middle of Belgium. Which, yeah. which just, it just floats your boat. It just makes me happy <laughs> you know it's a, it's a really great vibe like this cross season that we've just had me and me and Clara Honsinger were just we got along super well and yep. we just went out and had fun every recon every bus drive every race yeah. every post race everything like that like yeah sharing a ride to and from accommodation together um, just really getting to know each other and having fun and that made that made my transition into the team a lot easier and yep. it made the cross season just it just flew by like it felt like a breeze and yeah I got some good results like I say I had a yeah. lot of fun and yeah. my results came from that so yeah. Yeah. so yeah it's it was super good and I can't wait to get racing again yeah <laughs> well when are you going to pin a number on again what's the what's the um I think uh end of next month I'm right. going to do some racing so what does that mean the Vuelta will the Vuelta come, have come and gone by then Vuelta or, I'm not doing Vuelta not doing because Vuelta. that's in the next week and a half or actually so it's quite soon isn't it yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not back on the bike yet so mm that's a little yeah. bit too too close after off season for yeah. me um but yeah so instinctively i would probably make the false assumption that the races that actually suit you on the road would be the races that have just been and gone right yeah absolutely that's classics. where your future lies a classic yes, yeah you're a classics rider aren't you yeah but also you'd be very important to the team i guess in the grand tours yeah, I'd hope so. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a bit like my dad. I can sit on the front if I need to, and yeah. I can, especially like being able to just pull back a break if it's a few minutes up the road or thirty seconds or kind of that that kind of thing. Um, Do you relish that task or that, the idea of doing that? You know, is that does that because yeah. you're a winner? It's. I mean, <laughs> I mean, obviously going to every race wanting to win it, but I know at the moment that's not possible. Like there's a lot a lot a lot of riders that are better than me because yeah, I'm coming up from junior so it's sure. it's going to be it's going to be hard in there but yeah maybe in a couple of years I can get some top results but for now it's again all about helping the team and seeing what they can do and obviously we had a good result in Roubaix with with Alison winning you did. it and yeah I mean it, it was an okay day I've got to yeah. say that yeah it was <clears> better than okay it was it was amazing and yeah yeah just get goosebumps thinking about it if I'm honest so yeah yeah cool and the Tour de France is that on the cards at the moment, I have no idea what's happening. I'd love to ride it. It would be super, super cool. Just, yeah, just getting to race the tour. Like, we finally have a Tour de France. So yeah. being able to race that um, yeah. would be super, super cool. But I have no idea yet what's going to happen. Get a couple more races in, get nationals in, and I think they'll make the selection around then. So we'll have to wait and see for that one. But it's really nice to speak to you. And you, you have come into kind of women's racing, partly... You know, you're, you're one of the reasons why women's racing is as kind of like well supported as it as it has become over the last few years. So you've played your part in this. I'm Thank not you. saying it's come from nowhere, yeah. um, but you have entered the sport at a time where historically it's never had this kind of level. It's never. Yeah. You are absolutely on the vanguard of a kind of a, a new wave. Yeah. And I was talking to Lizzie Dignan not so not so long ago, actually, just a couple of weeks before she made her you know restarting her second comeback. Yeah. And I was kind of quizzing and saying. You, you, how could you even contemplate coming back for a second time? She's she incredible, said, yeah. She is incredible, but she said, you know, how could I not? Like, I've done my, most of my career not having had this support, not having had these salaries, not having had these advantages, not having had this competitive peloton, not having had this race program. Yeah. How could I turn my back on all of that Literally. right now? And do you, do you as a young rider appreciate just where 
yeah the context you know the, the historical point that you're at and why it's never been this good yeah absolutely everything that past riders current riders have done to push the sport in any way that they can with yeah longer races more races more coverage like equal prize money yeah salaries minimum wage everything like everything that's been done to get women cycling in the state that it is now yeah it doesn't go unnoticed you know like yeah. for me coming up from junior two three years ago i would never have thought oh i'm gonna race paris roubaix one day like yeah. i raced mini roubaix as a youngster and i i did my last one got caught at the train crossing and then yeah <laughs> lost out in the sprint to another girl so I, I i never got the chance to yeah to be able to yeah win it so yeah yeah i got to race it but i was like that's it i'm never going to be able to race it again and, and now we're we're racing it, yeah. and we're we're getting a good length race as well. So hopefully yeah. one day I can stand that would on that be top mind, step. That would be mind that blowing. That would be pretty that would be cool. off the scale, wouldn't it? Does give me chills. Yeah. So uh, yeah, absolutely. I hope at some yeah. point. But yeah. like I say, just yeah. a lot of, of respect for yeah. what everyone's done in the past. Yeah. Use like having cycling as as a job, but not as their primary form of income. Yep. And yeah, but then still pushing it to be able to have that as our primary form of income. It's it's great that I can make a career out of it now. It's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, full disclosure, because we're nothing if not honest on this podcast, I thought you were Alison Jackson. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to admit that now. You hinted okay. at it earlier. Okay, you're embarrassing yourself now. I, yeah, well, okay. I, I'm, on, I'm, I'm trying to recover from my embarrassment. <laughs> the embarrassment happened a bit earlier, but I, <laughs> I have done this before with riders. Uh, repeatedly, I've been in this I mean, game for 20... I mean, we look similar in some ways, I'm, but not I'm thinking so. Like 5%. 8%? 8%? Okay. Something like okay. that. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. can see this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so I apologise. <laughs> <thinking laughs> it's fine. Not a, not a but, problem. Not a problem. But it was very nice to meet yeah. you and really nice to talk to you. And yeah, good luck dreaming about that big cobblestone oh. on your mantelpiece. Can't wait. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. It's time to talk about TikTok. Oh, no, it's not. It is. It is. Come on. Uh, it's uh, genuinely incredible, Pete. It's genuinely there's so so Zoe is now. There's a couple of hitters over there uh, watching a video. Literally watching. Well, so that's, another another, that's another that's three. That's another views. three views. So Trinity Racing's official TikTok account mm -hmm. posted a video when? A couple of days ago. Second stage, maybe. <laughs> Tour down. Tour the Alps. So I say Tour down under. Tour the Alps. Tour down the Alps. <laughs> oh, by the uh, way, that had the worst hashtag that race ever on social was media. Was it worse than? Um, there is no, yeah, it's no worse way. than there is no try. Go on, what was it? It was hashtag live uphill. Did you see that on any of the posting? No. Live it's uphill. translation, isn't it? It's just awful. Yeah. Live uphill. Hey, guys, live uphill. Hashtag. <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, t t Trinity posted a video of you handing out bottles to. Is that Finn Pickering? Uh, it was Will Smith. Will Not Smith. the actual Will Smith. No, the, no the, the, the young British. <laughs> That's not why it went viral, right. yeah, by the way, guys. That, that would have been a reason, because this is hard to find a reason. Anyway, on TikTok, and it's you just handing out water bottle after water bottle, not saying much either. There's no kind of real communication, and then the, the pa it pans across and shows the Alps in front, yeah. and then pans back again. That's it. Well, I don't understand TikTok and reels like at all. Don't know how to make one. Don't know where to put yeah. them. But you asked, you asked our friend Emma, how many views do you think this has had, and five. she guessed five thousand. And then 10. And then I said, I said 20,000, thinking I probably just, I've done that slightly embarrassing thing where someone's got an impressive statistic and you go in too high and yeah. you trump it. Yeah, thinking yeah. Pete will feel awkward now because it's probably only got 8,000. Yeah. And actually, as things stand, it's got 2.8 million views. That's bonkers. Like, 2 .8, like, what are they doing with their lives? Like, do you know what I mean? 
How? <laughs> why? Imagine like the amount of people who've watched me take a bottle. Fair one. It's good. Yeah. Andrew likes it anyway. So yeah, yeah. Well, there we have it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, how was that? How did you find that Q and A session on the stage? It's easy, wasn't it? <laughs> just a couple of years ago, you would have been fretting about that. You would have been like, well, although I, I did have a few anxious texts from you before like we came in like what there's always a bit of pre-anxiety yeah but then i put you i just said matt stevens yeah i think the fact that matt was doing the interview yeah always helps doesn't it because yeah. he knows us both so well we went down a couple of rabbit holes didn't we a little bit yeah but it's good car good crowd, like we've Gro- mentioned yeah car hire yeah car hire <laughs> went in pretty deep on that one this um, and also just to touch because we talked about being a director and the difference in what i'm doing now to what i was doing then this is the difference so when I was a cyclist, mm. I, me and Mark Christian went to Tenerife, Mount Tardy on an altitude camp. Yeah. And because my car hire that I'd booked, pre-booked for two weeks, wasn't yeah. outside the airport door, I was like, can't, like, just can't find it. I'm just going to have to get a taxi. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm doing this job. I'm like thinking, what? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine doing that. Yeah. Mental. Well, when... So I was worried about like where it would be, how am I going to get there, who I'd pay. When... Um Chelsea back in the day, long time ago, 20 years ago at least, signed Marcel Desailly. Does that name ring a bell to you? Okay, he's a, he's a captain a of the. Was he the captain? He was a member of the French team that won the World Cup in, in, in France in 1998. Superstar of the game, Marcel Desailly. Chelsea signed him when. Oh, the grey. Abramovich. Uh, England shirt. 1998. Michael Owen. Uh, yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That year. He was a superstar, and Chelsea just started to come into the money. They signed this massive, massive star, and as part of his sign-on contract, he got given a really expensive Mercedes-Benz, like an eighty-thousand-pound Mercedes-Benz, which was a lot of money back then. Yeah, as because some local Mercedes garage, just every Chelsea player got one, like that. So he was kind of like, you know, he arrived, went to the training grounds. On his way out, they basically said, "Oh, by the way, don't forget your Mercedes, like that." And he went, "Oh, thanks very much." You know, picked up the keys, drove off in this Mercedes-Benz, having presumably been chauffeured to the training ground. Anyway. A couple of days later, and I know this because the assistant, ma- I knew the assistant manager at Chelsea at the time, he says a couple of days, a couple of weeks later, he gets a phone call from the local police who say, um, we found an abandoned uh, Mercedes Benz and it's traceable on the number plate to one of the Chelsea team. Um, so c- do you know who it is? Like that. And it's like, they say, Look, what's the number plate? And he checked it against the list and it was Marcel Desailles. So he rings up Marcel and he goes, Marcel, great news. We didn't know you'd lost it, but the police have obviously, they found your Mercedes. Yeah. And Marcel went, Sorry, what are you talking about? <laughs> like that. And he said, we f- the, fa- the, the car that you'd obviously thought you'd lost, the police found it and it's in perfect condition. He said, um, I don't know what you're talking about. And he said, oh, yeah. Oh, you mean the car? Oh, I, I drove it uh, on the first day and I parked it somewhere and I couldn't find it again. So I, I went out and bought another one. <laughs> so it's exactly the same situation, but on like a whole different level. <laughs> on a level. football level. And also the Bellatelli earring, what Mario Profundi told me, who works for Man City now. Oh, he yeah. used to work for Team Sky right, when I was... That? riding for them he so <laughs> Bellatelli lost his earring on the training ground right. 500,000 pounds this earring was brilliant and he was looked maybe 5 10 seconds can't find it walked <laughs> off all the academy lads as soon as they're off to every single everyone, everyone, everyone yeah, yeah, looking for this dime 500,000 pounds did anyone find it don't know the end of the story maybe maybe not I don't know he but was yeah, it's fascinating exactly, it's Bellatelli similar, yeah, but that's know. a bit like see that in turn is a bit like the David Miller umbrella story from Biarritz, isn't it? You remember that one? Go on. Rob Hales tells it. So you remember Rob Maybe when, not, when he know. was, when, you know, Rob was with in Cofidis briefly. 
Yeah. And he went and lived in Biarritz. Hey, guess what, Ned? We're reminiscing today, aren't we? But they're all interconnected. It's all interweaving. Yeah. Rob, I'm sure we must have told this on the podcast before. Anyways, it bears retelling. Go on. Rob was living in Biarritz with Vicky, and so was David. But this is prime David. This is peak David. This yeah. is the David. Time trial. Time trial. David, yeah. Okay. White Ghibli, disc wheels. Big salary, the lot, right? Le Dandy, right? Peak Biarritz. Peak Biarritz David. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, they'd arranged to meet down at the, um, on the waterfront some big swanky restaurant to have dinner together. So just David and Vicky and Rob. And in, as it often does in beer, it's pouring with rain. David's a bit late, as he often would have been back he, in the day, he, he, I would imagine. And even now, actually. Even now, he's quite often quite late. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pause, So I won't be listening to this. He's not in it. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, and uh, he arrived a bit late pouring with rain and he and he comes in with this like and I can't remember which designer it was but it was Louis Vuitton or Gucci or something like that umbrella and he's really <laughs> and he kind of shakes it off and he folds it down and he's really proud of it and he shows it to shows it to Rob and Vicky says guess how much this cost and this is back in the day right so we're talking late 90s here didn't right? that's so a bit more cavendish that a little bit guess how much this cost and uh, they can't guess and it's like it's an umbrella 350 euros back in the day yeah that's a lot for an umbrella that's a bit like my TikTok story a little bit like that, yeah. 350 euros. And, and anyway, they had dinner. During the course of dinner, it stopped raining outside and they went for a nightcap at a bar up the road, yeah? And they just walked a couple of, a couple of hundred metres, if not even that, 100 metres up the road. Went into this cocktail bar, ordered a drink, and Vicky turned to David and said, where's your umbrella? You, left your umbre- you must have left your umbrella. And David went, oh, no! Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> no way. Are you joking? <laughs> No, we didn't. <laughs> and he couldn't be bothered to go to back walk and get it. 100 meters. He couldn't be bothered to go and get the Gucci umbrella. So you just left it there. He's just How right, many oh, no. professional sportsmen are disillusioned with life and money? That's yeah. a lot, isn't there? I guess so, yeah. yeah. I definitely was, anyway. <laughs> David more so. Balotelli even more so. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that little clip. I can't remember whether we put it in the podcast or not. I can't remember whether we did that. I found of you being interviewed in 2013. Oh, yeah. By some American oh, network. So embarrassing, like. And like the guy always wears the aviators. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Um, Hopefully, he doesn't listen to the pod. No, he won't be listening to the pod. He's got aviators, bro, bro, Gre- Gre- Gregor Brown. Gregor Brown. Yeah. Hey, Peter. Uh, Peter. What do you want out of stage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you thought of a little treat? You know, at the end of the race, if you, if you win a stage, have you thought of a little a little treat you might treat yourself with? And quick as a flash, because you literally had thought. Like it yeah, wasn't well, a question. Oh, yeah. So you thought it through. You just yeah. went, yeah, but by watch. <laughs> <laughs> God. Have, yeah, you sold, have you sold your watches yet? Or quite you a few of them, yeah. <laughs> got fr- Just uh, to pay the mortgage. Got free left. <laughs> well, the podcast isn't making any money, is it? No. Well, no, because I haven't got around to invoicing Athletic Greens <laughs> yet. Um, well, once... D- yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, because there is a, it is a financial transaction. Let's yeah. be honest about that. Yeah. But, um, oh, yeah. 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 Talking of which, oh, go on. Pete, yeah. um, how's your Athletic Greens uh, habit going? Is it a habit? Probably not. Let's not call it a habit, but... Um, it's a routine, that's the word, because I am completely um, involved in it. Well, I mean, I can't, uh, not a day goes by. And if I do miss a day, mm. I get really quite neurotic. Well, let's, you know, cut out what's inside the sachet or the, the nice green aluminium yeah. pot that you get. I really like that pot. It, it, it makes you feel special, <laughs> Super doesn't sleek, it? isn't it? Uh, and the minerals and the nutrients and everything that sets you up for the rest of the day. Yeah. Actually, for me, it's just about starting my day right. It's and I've skipped yeah. it. I've skipped it maybe two or three times in the last, I would say, month and a half. 
Yeah. And and I'm not saying this, my day ends up differently towards the end. Yeah. It's completely I So never, whether whether yeah. it's it's the nutrients, whether it's it but for me it's just about starting my day right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Athletic uh, Greens is um, is our, our sponsor, and they have been kind enough to equip David, Pete, and myself with um, more Athletic Greens product than we can possibly munch our way through. It's a one-stop shop uh, in terms of supplements and vitamins and all the goodness. It's all natural stuff, and um, it's all in this kind of like really easy to mix and quite tasty. I've got into it. I mean, I, at first I was a little bit, and then I kind of like really grow. In fact, if I close my eyes now, I can smell it. Well, I can think exactly the, what the game's like. changed. I don't even have to close the my eyes to do that. The game's changed in ten years. <laughs> it has, um, yeah. and yeah, it tastes fine. It's yeah, it's perfect. Mix it up, uh, uh, shake it up, shake it up. Cheers, Zoe. See ya. Start um, your day right. A little bit of water. Um, start your day right, and um, and there is a special offer uh, just for listeners of Never Strays Far. So follow the link in the show notes. Go to um, athleticgreens.com forward slash Never Strays Far to take up their special offer. Um, yeah, that was quite embarrassing with Zoe Backstead there. Because I literally, as I admitted to her when I interviewed her, well, I, di- I didn't have to, I admitted it to our podcast listeners. Obviously, she knew because I walked over to her and said, oh, Congratulations, no. Alison, thinking she was Alison Jackson. At, but she had the good grace to, who won Parry Roubaix this year, the Canadian rider. And, um, but what quite annoys me about that is I did ask you. Because she walked past me and I said, do you think that's but Alison Jackson? And I showed you a little picture. It, but we were looking at the back of her head. But <laughs> what was embarrassing for me was because we showed her the 2.7 million yep. TikTok video that's gone viral, by the way. Yeah. Because I quickly say just before, so there's a central deviation and then a roundabout and you had to go left, but the car was on the right of the, div- like the right of the, the middle, what's it called, Ned? Come on. Central reservation. Central reservation, yeah. not deviation. Central reservation. <laughs> deviation. So I said to my rider, yeah. after the roundabout, so stop, I'll go around the roundabout, you go left, yeah. and then we'll pick back up where we, you know, where we left off. Yeah. And she was like, what's up with you? He'd <laughs> <laughs> be hanging on, to roundab- uh, hanging on to bottles through roundabouts on my team. Right. And I was like, oh, f- all right, shots fired. Yeah, she picked you up there. Yeah, tell you what. She, she, ni- she 19, Zoe? Yeah, something like that, I think. Yeah, she's definitely got the fighting spirit of what dad. I she? loved about that interview, though, is that I asked—I didn't even mention her dad's record, but mm. she did mention her dad in the in sense of when she goes to the Tour de France, she will probably not be in a. If she goes to the Tour de France this year, it'll definitely be next year. If if not, she'll probably be a domestique. You know, she will do. She will be riding on the front a lot. She said because my dad, who is a pr- pr- prolific enough winner, also went to the Tour and did that role, mm. and she said, you know, quite happy to do that. But even though, you know, I'll get my chances elsewhere in the calendar. And then she voluntarily started to speak about the notion of winning Paris-Roubaix just like her dad and how mind-blowing that would be. And uh, that would be totally unprecedented, wouldn't it? Like, it's quite something, isn't it? Even like when with, I guess, I don't know what it was like with your kids, but with my kids, even the idea of them wanting to ride bikes makes me quite happy because it's yeah. quite selfish in a way. Yeah. But I would never say, here's a bike, you need to ride it and do this, do that. But do they ride bikes? Um, you're, you're uh, on and off you know it's not like racing it's like if they yeah. get on their bikes and yeah. the other week em- Emmy the five year old and Axel seven was just really interested all of a sudden and wanted to wear all my stuff from when I was a rider and it's quite yeah it was quite you've got realising actually it means more to you than you know subconsciously I bet no, um, I bet and the longer so the distance that elapses between the end of your career even more so I think it'll gain in significance yeah, yeah. for you, you uh, so I can't imagine how proud 
Mag- yeah, Magnus yeah, must be. Must feel. With Eleanor as well yeah. as Zoe. And then also, yeah, Zoe just saying, can you imagine, like, your dad's literally won Roubaix. Yeah. And you're just sat here in an interview saying, yeah, that's what I want to do. That yeah. must be special. Yeah. Because I couldn't imagine that. Because you'd shy away from that, wouldn't you? you? Like, it would be in the back of your mind, but you wouldn't want to talk about it. It's like heaping pressure on yourself. Or no, I can't even imagine what that must feel like, though. Yeah. To be like, that's what I want to do. And Yeah. And also... The way she is as a rider, it's a totally realistic target. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Completely realistic. Even, I mean, it's realistic as well, the way she was talking about me, you know, fanning around, giving bottles to riders. She's obviously a classic rider, isn't she? Yeah, <laughs> she's yeah, me the she bottle, is. get round the roundabout, <laughs> I'll get back up to the peloton. Don't yeah. you worry about it. She's very Belgian yeah, for yeah. a Welsh person. Yeah. 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 The thing about kids and cycling that I think is quite a, a learning that I've made over the last few years is that... Um, both my two because I'm I am who I am I kind of bullied them into riding to school through London traffic a little bit when they mm. were when they were little when they were susceptible to my influence yeah. and I trod that fine line as a parent that I think we all know between encouragement and frankly bullying behavior mm-hmm. you know because at what point does encouragement become pressure too much pressure yeah you yeah. know and you're just making a kid's life miserable but but you have to t- somehow make them Get, get to that moment where they do just achieve and not give up at the first sort of like so, so it's a difficult one that anyway but this sorry is a long winded way of saying when they became I don't know 12, 13, 14 they weren't interested any longer in cycling that was not cool it wasn't something they wanted to do and they they just turned their backs on it completely but then when they went out into the world and became young adults and you know I remember my oldest got a job in a pub in Brixton she suddenly realised that to get to work and back the best way of doing that was a bicycle yeah. and now both of them cycle everywhere and are completely obsessed with it as a mode of transport and it so if you is what it is yeah yeah so if you're a parent who's kind of like slightly disappointed that your your kids have got into cycling and then forget about it if they're that kind of age don't worry because you've kind of like presented them with that knowledge that later on in their life they'll never have forgotten and it might well come back and that's, that's how a lot of learning works i think there yeah. you go well it's, it's, it's deep, subconscious isn't it yeah, exactly. Because you don't realise it at the time, but it com- it's in there. Yeah. And exactly. whether they pursue a career in cycling or whether they lose the passion or lose interest at 14, 15, it doesn't matter. You've still had those amazing years with your kids and they've had them amazing years with their parents at that certain age. And yeah. if that's all it is, then that's fine. Yeah, yeah. And there's Essentially, good, there's good reasons when th- th- those are the years where they yeah. turn their back on it because that, those are the years where they're literally defining themselves as young adults yeah, exactly, by yeah. turning their back on you. Not that we know what we're talking about in this whole <laughs> spectrum of conversation. <laughs> well, but, yeah, but yeah, we're talking about parents? ourselves maybe. I don't know. But yeah. Parents. Anyway, how was the Tour of the Alps? How, how did the boys well, go? About to finish the podcast. <laughs> uh, no, no. Still more. Yeah. Tour of the Alps. Well, should Enjoy we go, it. it wasn't should, we, should we go back to Liège to talk about the drive? Oh yeah, go, go. Okay, so <laughs> I flew over to Liège on Friday. Yep. Sitard, actually, where a lot of teams base themselves. Jumbo Visma, American national team. Yep. Uh, arrived on Friday. Did you know, by the way, that Mathieu van der Poel lives in Belgium? <sighs> I have no idea where Ma- Mathieu van der Poel lives. So I didn't know. Okay. I just thought it was quite interesting. He doesn't live in the Netherlands. He lives in Belgium. Oh, yeah. Fair one. Anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to me, Matthew. Yep. Jesus Christ. <coughs> so, got to the age Friday, raced Saturday. Then four of the... Did any of them get results? Uh, Max Walker was 12th. Very good. Very consistent year so yep. far. Some Italian kid won it, didn't he? Yeah. I think. I can't remember his name. Yeah. yeah but you know how it goes. You've been in the team car. Right. 
you finish and yeah, yeah, go yeah. on to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> so then four of the team then had to go to Liège and all the staff had to go to, no, not to Liège, four of the team from Liège had to go to the Tour of the Alps, Alps. <coughs> which started Monday. Yep. Uh, and all the staff had to go to Tour of the Alps. So we had to get to Austria from Liège and Ooh. be on the start line within a day, basically. Wow. It's only an eight-hour drive, but on top of a bike race on Saturday... So the the under twenty three Liège was on the Saturday. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. The Sunday to travel. Saturday yeah. night, yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Arrived at the hotel twelve o'clock Sunday. <laughs> Directors meeting. Blah blah blah. Make sure the ride is okay. And then the tour they up started Monday, and it was just straight into it. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, we were doing some bits for Trinity Race and social media on Sunday, and we we're talking about Liège. Yeah. And I was like, how was that yesterday? <laughs> 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 like, the reception was just. Yeah. I was like. How we yeah. were in the team car yeah. in a race in Liège yeah. yesterday, yeah. you know? And then... And Tour of the Alps is a, a really big deal for the team, isn't it? Because that's... Oh, it's huge. That's it's probably the biggest... Like, it, in terms it will of be stature, the bi- it'll be the biggest essentially race. Essentially a World Tour peloton, isn't it? It's like the, the Dauphiné of the... I mean, you, the of Romandie's the, the Dauphiné. The Romandie's... But, I mean, it's changed a lot, hasn't it? Romandie... Yeah, or, but yeah it's, it's a really key prep race for the for In the current general, times, yeah. I'd say, yeah. yeah, Tour of the Alps is more so. Yeah. Romandie's, like, quite close, isn't it? Yeah. But, um... Yeah, so it's a big race, a lot of pressure and hard stages. It's not like you can hide in the peloton and just get through it. Yeah. So it's straight up like summit finish, summit finish, summit yeah, finish, wasn't it? Like pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there was three stages over three thousand meters of climbing. Wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, how did they find it? They just they just loved it. I mean, the, did they? it's especially the team was quite young. So Hugo Rodriguez, the Colombian rider, he was a junior last year. Will Smith was a junior last year. Hugo's first race was in Liège second race ever toward the Alps uh, second race ever I was, I was blown I was blown away but you've got to almost remember like when you were their age and you're trying to ask them to race but they're just sat behind their heroes they know their childhood heroes or even now probably as well so it's hard to you can't ask too much of them basically mm. um, but mm. it was great for the team great for the riders I think they learn heaps every day and um, be yeah. on to the next one yeah Ineos were good, weren't they? They were good, but the one... I was I sat in the car on the second to last day and I was quite surprised because there wasn't the strongest climbing field. You no, know, usually when you go to Tour of the Alps... Yeah, it's stacked, isn't got, it? You had Bora with Lazov and Kemner. Yeah. And... Well, that, well, that's because... I mean, a lot of the hitters were, were at Flesh Vallon, weren't they? Yeah. You yeah. know, like, even quite... Even slightly surprising riders like Mikel Lander was there. You know, obviously Pogaccia, yeah. you know, so, yeah. yeah, he'd be a kind of rider you'd normally expect to see at the Tour of the Alps, yeah. Yeah, so the first, I mean, the first proper GC day, Teo just had the better of Hugh Carthy, didn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. How much he take from that, I don't know, but Teo looked really relaxed. He, he Re- just went really, he, i tell you what, he timed his move there, well, the, as the team, the whole team, when he moved, yeah. they, they got that. And also, I think spot. when Hugh went, he was already on the limit, yeah. like his pedaling was all off, wasn't it? And he was <laughs> out of the saddle, re- and it was like 50 <laughs> revs per minute. Yeah. But it looked um, pretty desperate. He's obviously going well, though, isn't he? But yeah, even yeah. just to be there yeah. at that point in the bike race. But yeah, Teo looks solid. He does. And he looks relaxed as, that as well, which is a big difference, I'd yeah. say, in the last couple of years. Well like, really relaxed within When he's interviewed, he keeps stating that, doesn't he? That oh, does he? Yeah. That he's, yeah well, maybe he's not relaxed. <laughs> illness and illness affected his, you know, last couple of years and then, oh, you know, okay, just yeah. getting his training right. I don't yeah. know who he's working with now, but it's Be obviously... Be interested like, to know, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shared a few hotels with Ineos, which was... Weird. Matt Shandry was there, movie star, <laughs> who was my 
So the job I'm doing Max. now, he was my, he was me basically. Yeah. So that blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. do love Max. <laughs> you do. You totally love him. Yeah. Yeah. Before I travelled to the race, I went to a shop in town. I can't remember what it's called now. And tried to get the same jeans as Max, so I could turn up. You know, with the <laughs> Pete. And I put, <laughs> but I got the waist wrong, so they're 32, not 30. <laughs> Well, so they're really baggy. Yeah, well, I had to send them back. I've got these black ones. Max, I reckon Max would like them. Right, two things about that. One, how do you even know what kind of jeans Max championed? Are they really had, distinctive? He had the ones on that I literally bought still to this day. Like, sort of like dark, lightish blue going into a bit of a white, like in the middle, but okay. not too baggy around the ankle, quite right. tight uh, around the ankle. Oh, okay, so you knew, for that reason, you knew the, 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 those type of jeans. You knew where to get them? Well, some, I, I just went uh, to the, to a diesel I went for, basically. Yeah. Diesel jeans. But the second question, probably the more important question mm. is, why did you think it would be a good idea to wear the same kind of trousers as Max Chiandri? This is a really weird question on a cycling podcast, but I've just asked it. Why was it important to you to wear the same kind of jeans as Max Chiandri? <laughs> <laughs> if I'm honest... like What's the psychology there? Brutally honest. I think Max is quality. And then I also think... <laughs> In my head, if I turn up and feel like Max, then it'd be, you know, the guys would be like, I don't know, actually. But I just thought, Do you think Max looks cool, and so I've got good memories of Max, and he also wears his watch on his right wrist. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've never noticed you do that. Yeah. Are you left-handed? No. And you do that because of Max Chiandri? Yeah, because he did. Okay. <laughs> What's Ma- is Max aware of... No, I'm not obsessed with Max. I just think well, I don't know if you aren't, Pete. Could, no, because when I was under 23, and yeah, but he, he was the person we looked up to. Can you imagine when you're 19, 20 in yeah. karate and he's got these cool jeans on, designer trainers, <laughs> gold Rolex on his right wrist. So then all of a sudden, without realising, when I became an adult, I started like putting my watch on my right wrist and get, you know, it's but, not. But, so you started doing like, it without uh, realising it? Because no, it not without realising. I just thought it was, just, I, it's like anyone you... Right. Anyone yeah. you look up to or like how they dress or how they act, you yeah. sort of, yeah. you think, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I was like, oh, Max was watching his right wrist. I like that. <laughs> I wear mine on my right wrist. Yeah, that's all it is. But I think you should buy a property next to his. That'd be so funny. Just move in one. Yeah, day. he's invited right, me and the family over in the summer. Brilliant. Yeah. So. Yeah, that is quality. Um, so then you dropped all the riders off last last day of racing, which was Friday. Yeah, because it's Saturday today. Yeah. You're listening to this Airports. probably on Monday or Tuesday, yeah. by the way, because we haven't uploaded Airport it yet. So we're playing with time here. Salzburg for two yeah. for the two of the staff. That I drove two and a half... No, I didn't drove. I sat in the car for two and a half hours and then two <laughs> hours to Munich. Stayed in Munich overnight. Got up at four. Airport hotel? Airport hotel. Yeah. Flew at six this morning, seven this morning. Yeah. Cycle show. Uh, Lauren's coming to see me and my wife this afternoon, so we'll have a nice meal out yeah. and just see each other, basically. Yeah, yeah. And right. then God. fly back to Munich. Tomorrow, I land in Munich around three, and then I've got a 14-hour drive to the start of Bataan, which starts... So, Brittany, Munich, Bavaria to Brittany. 14 hours, yeah. <laughs> starts That's Tuesday. Intense. That is a seriously long way. Well, when you think it but started how, how in Liège. Yeah. And that's, that's... a big triangle. Where I've got to get to, yeah. Yeah. How long... So, are you going to split... Where are you going to split that, Jen? Two seven-hour days? No, nah, I think I'll try and do it, because I'll be tired tomorrow. Yeah. Because you've got to think, Tour Alps just finished, yeah. cycle show, yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of travel. Yeah. But I'll probably try and do five hours, get to bed for 10, 11 o'clock. And then get up. I like getting up early when yeah. I'm driving. Yeah, Because yeah. you get just the daylight, on. you just crack on. Yeah. The two hours you do at Buzzing. five till seven. Loaded with coffee. so different yeah. compared to the two hours you do from eight till ten. What's the worst time of day for driving? 
I hate, I just hate driving in the dark. Yeah, it's true actually. It's really strange. And also, when you get strange. up in the morning early and you, the sun's rising, you feel like it's you're getting up, yeah. on up from people, don't you? So it's like, oh, here we go, off to yeah. the time. Like, and come on. And, and like, five percent feels like you're in a film as well, doesn't it? A little bit. A bit, like, yeah. A li- and there's a little bit. You go that. through all these different like yeah. topographies, scenery. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Austrian Alps, one minute. True. Germany, the next. Seven days of Brittany. Yeah. It's going to pour with rain. Have you seen the forecast next week? Stop it. Arctic winds coming down. I mean, Britain's going to be cold, but northern France will be just as cold. So the it's going to be quite so crazy. As well. And it's Brittany and it always rains. Oh, yeah, it does always rain, yeah. So, um, bit of that. Then home, Pete. Yeah. Wow. Home. Yeah. yeah. And then, don't know. We'll, we'll catch up on what's after that on the next pod, I guess, won't we? Yeah. yeah. I don't like to think too far ahead. It stresses no, me out. No. Oh, by the way, you know the bit of the um, our little Q&A on the stage here at Ali Pali that went really badly? Was, was when I asked how many people were watching do you think a couple of hundred no maybe not 150 watching what our, our Q&A on the stage oh, go on. But how many people do you think were there set the scene 100 yeah about that probably my, my 200 is a bit of an overestimation let's yeah. say about 100 100 people there I stood up I suddenly I got really excited because I realised where I was sitting on the stage was I almost exactly where the darts board <laughs> would be placed at the, yeah. w- at the World Championships, which are held in Ali Pali, I was literally centre stage. Well, uh, the darts board, if I turned around the darts board, and I stood up quite excitedly, and I said you to the audience... You did stand up? I did. Yeah, I know I, was, that. I got excited. And I said to the audience, has anybody ever been to the darts? Thinking, you know, there's a hundred Londoners here. Oh, yeah, I remember. Like, yeah. one of them will have been to the darts. Yeah. Like, absolute tumbleweed. Not a single hand went up. It didn't. Did it? This is the problem, though. The darts cycling crossover it's just not simply doesn't exist, <laughs> and I've got to let it go. Yeah, <laughs> I've got to let keep it Keep fighting. All right. Um, Yeah, Pete. Good luck on the road. Thank you.